Oh, hey there. You uh, are listening again. That's... Thank you so much. Hey, today our guest is a really funny comedian. He um, plays all over the country. He is... Um, has a website called JustErickson.com where he posts all his tour dates. He is controversial. He's hilarious, and I love him. He has a uh, hilarious podcast called Just Erickson where he interviews people about himself. And uh, right now we're interviewing him about his thought on comedy, life, and why we feel so goddamn entitled sometimes. So it was a fun hour. We loved it, and I know you will too. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Erickson. I'm such a misfit in social situations, I hate it Depression's medicated, yet you're insecure and naked I'm trying to loosen up, you're dying to read my sullen eyes This intellectual black hole reeks of colonial lies The song is making me sick, I tell myself it's fine But the DJ will play the beginning for the sixth time I hope somebody pulls a gun out and sucks all the fun out And levels the playing field for Captain Bumout all right. Well, we're we're already uh, we're already getting into it with your recent trips on the road doing comedy. So um, oh, there's no like, hey, you guys are listening to like uh, two Jersey guys or anything like that. It's just no, no, no. Just we, we do the. Uh, I listened to one of your episodes, but I do not remember almost any of it. It was fun though. I liked good. what I heard. It was one, uh, one more than most people. We do, yeah. Really? Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. No, we're, we're very successful. Um, <laughs> we do an intro after you leave. It's like you know, I like doing an intro. After okay, we, after we, after we, we see how this goes, you exactly. decide how you're going to frame it for yeah, the audience, or even if we release it at all. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's um so wait so detroit you're you're black oh you want to be i'm not black everyone is trying to tell me that i'm not blacklist like don't worry it'll blow over in like two or three months but like basically when i this is like the only story i've got to tell from being on the road and at first i was excited about it but now it's like getting so old i feel like i'm just trying to make a mountain out of a molehill but yeah i went to detroit uh for i went to michigan for a month and i had a bunch of shows lined up and basically i went to like their local comic run comedy club which I was booked for that week to perform that Friday. Um, and I went there like on a Wednesday for an open mic, like a late night thing. Like, I don't know if you guys uh, like ever did Next Stage. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah oh, we did. Yeah. You so seem like you guys the, would the, have. The burrito truck. So, ima- so basically, it was like a Next Stage situation. Like, it's a black box theater at like after 11 with just comics who are all exhausted because they've already hit like the mics that matter. And like they're all just pretty much performing the same routines for everyone else. I'd been there like two uh, weeks already and I've been like trying to like, you know, be supportive by staying at mics and like watching people and performing and stuff and just having a ru- uh, um, a bit of a like uh, a rough time of it because there's just comics who are just like not interested in seeing other comics and also just like this is some dipshit from LA with way too much confidence even though I've never <laughs> heard of him and uh, also is talking about stuff like, you know, misogyny, Me Too and racism and just like you know, no one, there, there's definitely a little bit of a wokish mentality there. And I was just kind of being like, you know, ignorant of it because I didn't care. And uh, I got, I, I went to their, to this, to this mic after I'd had a show, which was, which was, which was a show that did not go well enough for me to be happy. I was already aggravated because the show was like not what I wanted. So I was kind of already in a little bit of a combative mood. But also um, when I got there, I noticed that like the way that they had the mic set up, it's a very kind of like Kill Tony thing where it's like they've got two hosts on stage with you to kind of slag you off. Hmm. As you're doing your set, a panel called like the uh, they have it somewhere else. It's like the Power Hour. Like the panel, of the hosts were getting drunk as shit, mm-hmm. and they the idea is they make jokes about your set before you go up. And one of the hosts I recognized from a week earlier at a different mic that I went to, where they like you know do something very similar. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try my best this time. Like bring the goods, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. Last time I they saw me, I was kind of a pushover. I didn't fight back. I seem to be getting a lot more of a response if I just kind of like go like you know with the flow. And sure enough, she brings me up by saying this next comic he goes 
goes by one name. He's also from L.A. I think that's gay. Please welcome Erickson. And I was just like, okay, I guess the gloves are off now. Let's just get into it. So I just came up and immediately started, like, slagging her off, slagging her co-host off. And I was just fucking around. Um, but apparently I was either very – I guess I was I, – first off, I was kind of mean. <laughs> but only, not only that, though. Like, so after, 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 like, fucking around with her and saying shit, like, you look like you just got out of the Wonka factory and ate one of the blueberries <laughs> and stuff like that, um, like, I did a joke. And it just, like – and it just went, went flat. Ugh. No one laughed, which I was, like, kind of used to because, like, that had been kind of the vibe I've been getting from Detroit. And just, like, in a moment of, like – I just decided, like, uh, like lean into my, like, Patrice O'Neal. And, like, instead of, like, trying to save the set, I just, like, threw two grenades on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And I, just, I literally just went, like, fuck you guys. Those jokes do great everywhere around the country. It's not my fault. You're all just a bunch of miserable asinine comics who do nothing but perform in a fucking city that America forgot. <laughs> and – they started booing, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but apparently they did not, because the next day I got an email saying, like, Erickson, a lot of people did not like uh, your performance and the things you said about the room and the scenes, so we're going to take you off the show. And I was like, okay, well, so what? I mean, that's, I, mean I, I understood it. I was like, okay, I guess that was kind of a bad move. Like, even if you go to the comedy store and you did potluck, like, if you, if you, if you just decide to say, like, yeah, the comedy store is garbage and bullshit and go, and fuck Mitzi, I hope her fucking, the, <laughs> you know, I hope her fucking corpse is being eaten by, like, cockroaches or vomiting it back up and regurgitating her all over her coffin. Like, I can see they'd be like, yeah, we're not going to have you in the belly room this week. Like, I could understand yeah. that. But then, like, sure enough, I started getting, com- like, messages later that week from other comics of different shows I was booked on. Be like, hey, I don't know what the fuck you did at Independent, dude. But, <laughs> But we've been getting a lot of emails from people, and we apparently can't have you on the show anymore. What? And I got pulled off like two other shows, basically. Uh, this this one girl, she fucking like pulled on the. Uh, she had she had a um, a vendetta against me. What was crazy is she started listening to my podcast after that night. Like apparently she was so offended by me, she decided to listen to my last week's worth of podcast episodes where I've been talking about my time in Detroit. And what she took from the the, po- the post was I was shitting on Detroit. When really all I was doing was shitting on myself and how I wasn't doing an insanely good job of like performing in Detroit. Well, I can see how you can be perceived as someone who like is like like comes off as an asshole. Cause really? Because until <laughs> oh, until, here we go. Now we're now we're gonna get into it. <laughs> no, seriously. Because until I mean, I've always, I've always thought you were funny. Thank you. I've always envied your confidence on stage. I'm like, fuck, this guy is like not phased by anything. You could literally get up there and like make fun of somebody, and like the, the person's like, well, fuck you, and you're just like, and you just keep going on a tangent, and then win back the room, and then everyone laughs. I'm like, I'm like Jesus, nine Christ, out of ten times, this, sure. This guy does not get phased by anything. Yeah. And then I didn't even think that you one knew who Pat and I were or liked us until we went to. Um, uh, Josh Potter headlining the improv yeah. in the lab, and then you you turn around. I'm like, oh god, like here's Erickson. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I bet this kid fucking hates me. And I go, uh, like, hey, well, good to see you. Coming you, at me as kid might not be like you know the best <laughs> way to get me to like it, but sure. Go and on. then you go, um, hey guys, you know, love your podcast. I'm like, oh fuck, like you know, <laughs> you know who we are, and and you like our podcast. I'm like, all right, maybe this kid isn't so bad. And then we we hung out that night, went to the diner, and I'm like, okay, he's actually. Really no, we didn't. I don't know what. I don't what. Different where, night. That was must. Be, oh yeah, it was a different night. No, we went to, we went to the diner with Eric. No, that that was that night. Was Wasn't that that same, same night? That was that night. Oh fuck! We I went, thought we did that after a fourth wall set. I can't believe. No, we went yeah, to the I diner. Just I find it hard to believe that I went from the improv in Hollywood to Coral Diner. We in did Hollywood, Hollywood. But then again, I guess I was living there at the time. It so was a, it was a trek. We we because it was further for us. Yeah. And Eric had like just gotten that truck. Oh and He yeah. had driven like five years. He was like, oh, I'll just drive you guys around tonight. Like, oh, oh, I kind of remember it now. Actually. And then he's you right. had you had the waffles. 
this is what makes it valid that what the like, the fact you remember what I ate makes it valid that the yeah. story is Pat true. Pat and I shared onion rings. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting I'm we ate at the sure diner. I'm just not 100% me. sure it was the same <laughs> night. But okay, so we hung out at the diner. We had yeah. a good time. H- had a great time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this guy not only does not hate me, but he's actually a really nice dude. <laughs> I think <laughs> my, that's most people's experience. My point me, is, if you're doing jokes like shitting on people, yeah. even though I know it's coming from a good place, you're, you're just breaking balls, you're a comic, you're, you're telling jokes... I can see how you come off as like, oh, this, this, he actually means all that he's saying. Yeah, you, I, you sound like you mean it. Yeah, but I know that you don't because you're, you're very dry. I'm yeah. very dry, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like a Rice Krispie treat. I'm <laughs> like very dry but tasty. But they can be moist sometimes. They yeah, can be moist. I'm delicious. They, and, well, I'm, never, I'm, no, I'm rarely ever moist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lately, especially, I'm very dry in, in, all, in all areas. But yeah, I... I yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say. I guess that's most people's experience of me is um yeah I I I probably do mean it. That's the problem is I do actually mean what I'm saying a little bit. A it's little just bit. not the end of the world. Like most yeah. here, I come from a from perspective of like um I first of all I can't trust anyone if I can't openly despise them. Mm. So like if I'm telling if 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 all I'm telling you is good stuff about you, then you then I probably really don't like you because the things <laughs> that I don't want to tell you are things that I feel will devastate you, and I don't trust you enough to hear those things. And I feel that way about everyone. So like if I'm giving you shit, it's my way of trying to say, hey, I want to like I want you to know me completely by knowing how I know you completely. Yeah. Okay. It means you're comfortable enough to talk to somebody like that, right? And it's it's an invitation to be like, hey, like, I don't. In my mind, especially as comedy goes, as far as comics, because in open mics, like we're all comics. I'm like, we're all in the same place. We're all like, I don't care who you are. If if you're a comic and you're showing up at an open mic, as far as I'm concerned, like you might be more skilled, but we're all at the same level in the sense that no one's getting any more preferential treatment than maybe getting bumped up the list to a higher spot. That's the best you're gonna get as far as preferential treatment. But the idea of like no one's like not we're shitting on like we're all garbage we're all open micers <laughs> yeah. we're all at a mic we're all yeah. most of us usually when we're seeing each other we're in a black box theater that's a gutted out insurance office yeah i mean we're like, we're literally paying in, to yeah, do comedy really paying to do comedy in a in a dirt mall <laughs> yeah. uh with like the most strangest people on earth of which i've s- stepped in some of their shit literally yeah. like literally <laughs> stepped in shit before going into the fourth wall um so for me it's just like I can make fun of you, and obviously, if you can make fun of me, by all means, do it. Like, just tr- we're trying to, like, you know, break. And also, I come from the East Coast, where it's a very ball busting kind of like um, area, and it's just fucking funny. It's my kind of humor. Yeah. Well, also, how do you expect a comic not to quote unquote fight back if your introduction, if, if you bring them up by saying, "Oh, this that, guy's- that situation was one of those situations that like." I left that being very a lot more. At first, I was like, I kind of took a lot of responsibility, being like, oh, I think I made a wrong move. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, and the more I learned about the whole story, I was like, oh, this person's got a huge problem, yeah. and this is definitely one of those people who like, I'm never gonna say like anyone's killing comedy. I don't think you can kill it and stuff like that. But it's definitely one of those people that you would label as like, oh, it's one of those like lib. I'm gonna say libtard, but I feel like that was even too mean. Yeah. But you know, that's what you would label them as, like yeah. it's one of those liberal, like woke. Like comics who thinks that like there's a certain line you don't cross. Like she probably hates Louis C.K. and oh, thinks everything sure. he did was wrong and despises any guy who like even like attempts a rape joke on stage, no matter how many years he's been doing it for. And it's just like you're one of those people who believes that like what's crazy about it to me was on the Michigan Comedy Network Facebook page, uh, their, their their cover photo is of Steve Martin. 
and is quote just be so good they can't like whatever it is that deny you you've mm-hmm. heard the quote before yeah, right yeah. and it's just so crazy for like a scene that's promoting that line would so quickly shut somebody out for trying anything whatsoever yeah. I'm like that's that's if that to me isn't emblematic of a very broken system I don't know what it well, is well it sounds like this this chick runs this mic or whatever it is is the kind of girl that would tweet like I don't know why there aren't more trans Disney characters uh, she, would, she would more so no I, I, I don't think she would ever ask I don't think she would ever be that uh, that kind I think she would be much more attacking. Like she's like, this guy is a transphobic yeah. <laughs> asshole yeah. simply because he said he'd never wear a dress on stage. Yeah. If you look like this, you can't make jokes about that. that yeah, kind of stuff person. like that. Like that's the kind of person. Well, we went, so Pat and I went. We used to go to the the Pack Theater um, on Mondays, like the eleven o'clock mic. The back fir- when it was five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, like, so, I miss those nights too. So, but I, but every time I went there, I'd come there and they'd always start off being like, "So guys, don't attack the uh, the uh, host." Like, don't say things that are mean, and I'm like, that's like my whole act. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, we went like like three times. Yeah, the first time we went, it was hosted by these two guys, these two really cool guys, kind of like us that were just like ball busters. I love that you said that. These two really cool guys, <laughs> they're like, like us, us. You, know, <laughs> you know, big, big cocks, <laughs> yeah. a lot of confidence, great with the ladies, yeah. and it was like really cool. They would kind of like uh, have this like kind of dual act they did they would shit on the comics they'd shit on themselves really good energy yeah. and they shit on improv yeah shit on improv goes a long way yeah. and there were maybe 12 to 15 comics that night at most so we were in and out we did five minutes yeah. didn't have to pay in like an hour and 15 okay beautiful the next time we go those guys aren't hosting it's these two like uh, you know alt alternative queers queers yeah. <laughs> and um, fairies fairies marries yeah, like, <laughs> poofs and there's 30 people yeah 30 40 people in there and sign up was at 10 we get there at 1002 and clearly they started the fucking sign up early because we were 25 and 30 yeah. on the list yeah and everyone is just like everyone is just doing material that pat and i would literally look at each other and be like how is this getting a laugh yeah we, we were definitely the jocks taking an art class and all the fucking art nerds are like, what are these two fucking kids doing here? See, I what's funny to me is no situations I actually feel like the art kid who's in like the jock room. Like I know I'm more of a like like a toxic male energy when I'm on stage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when I'm in those situations, because like I'm not forcing anyone to like my jokes. I don't think anyone should pretend to like my jokes. So when I feel when I'm getting laughter, it's pretty honest. Like it's very like vitriol. Yeah. But when I'm in those situations, just like is everyone here just like laughing at like you know the alpha dog in the room? Like is everyone just trying to go with the flow? Like that felt to me more jockish than anything. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it. But I get what you're saying. It was like you're, 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 those, you felt you were the theater nerds making a bunch had, of Shakespeare jokes. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is it's this? It's also bullshit? more of like a passive aggressive energy. You know what I mean? Well, in general, I don't think it's just like. I mean, I haven't been that mic in a long time, but like, I think with like most of that kind of like progressive comedy, that's 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 the thing. That's the thing I think so many people are always trying to call them out on that they don't recognize, which is like you're kind of bullying other people too. Oh, it's for it's it's passive aggressive bullying. Yeah, and it is just as effective. It's more effective because it's harder to attack someone who's passive aggressive. Yeah. That's the whole. That's the whole yeah. idea. Of it. You, the whole idea. Is you clear. sound like a dick when you come back. Well, the whole idea of a passive aggressive person would be like, I'm not being aggressive. Yeah. Like the whole. It's like so. It's like well, you are. You're just passively doing it, so I can't point it out. Even, it's like no, I'm not even being aggressive at all. You're just projecting. It's yeah. like okay, now I've got nothing I can do with you. And then everyone's wearing the. You know, I was like, oh my, you know, just. We don't need your kind of energy here. We're just this is a safe yeah. space. It's like no, it's not a safe space. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, at this point, there's so many. At least in LA I, and possibly New York, for that matter. Like, there's so many places and opportunities to do comedy that, like, I really do feel like you know, it's good to go to those rooms to challenge yourself. Like, I'm going to one of those rooms later tonight. I'm sure. 
But uh, at the same time, there's just like if people want to make those spaces, I think they only hurt themselves in the long run. Like I made a bit of a like not a vendetta, but like I was kind of getting very vocal, like I just did now about the whole Detroit thing, only because like it matters to me a lot as a comic to uh, like uh, stand. That that's one of those things where I realized like, this is a very big principle of mine. The idea of like you should be one thing I've always been big on is that you should be allowed to say whatever you want on stage. Mm-hmm. Like when you're on stage, the one thing the crowd is giving you the benefit of the doubt of is that you're trying to be funny. Yeah. Like I've never gone, I've never gone to a comedy show saying, I hope no one here is trying to start another Holocaust. That's, <laughs> you that's, know, like I've never, I don't understand. I don't understand. Because also why pick that venue? Yeah. Like, well, like, like who's, who's like, God damn, like, man, like I really do just want to get rid of the Jews, <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't think of a better way to do it other than going to the comedy stores potluck I know. and see if I can get three minutes. Cause that's what other better way to, you know, get people on board you know, with, this, with this, with this Jew hating shit than laughing about it at first. Like, that's what I'm saying though. Just that, like, don't get me wrong. There's obviously some ideas that permeate and get like, you know, can get out of control. But in general, the audience's job is to be like, well, you're at a comedy show. Assume everyone's trying to make you laugh. It might not work. That's totally fine. Yeah. But I'll never, if someone does a, com- a, a comedy act, especially to Mike, and it bombs, and it's awful. And I've seen, I mean, you guys have witnessed some bad stuff, and I've definitely, like, witnessed some awful, like, just, just ver- totally tone deaf, poorly chosen, and just, like, this isn't even funny. It's almost funny because you're so off the wall, not going <laughs> yeah. anywhere, that I'm like, okay, that sucked, but you're welcome back anytime, because how else are you going to learn? Yeah. If you don't do it. That's honestly the best way I've ever heard it put. That like the only thing the audience has to do is give you the benefit of the doubt that you're trying to be funny. Well that's I almost would say that's all they have to do. That I feel like that's the rule. Yeah. Like that should be the one rule walking. Other than like get off your fucking phone. Like, I don't I don't know why stand up is I think one of the few art forms that isn't viewed as an art form and the artists aren't really given like the benefit of the doubt in terms of what they're trying to do. And what they're trying to do, like you said, is just make you laugh. What do you mean it's not seen as an art form? I don't think people see stand-up as an, as an art form. What do they see it as? I think they see an it activity. as an activity. It's entertainment. Entertainment and art form are two totally different things. What is it? Do they see it as activity for themselves or for the person up on stage? For the person up on stage. People so they who, think they're people going who to go- don't do it. So people who don't do it, they think they're going to a comedy show to watch someone play, do, have, play an act. Do they almost like they're watching a sport? I don't think they think it, it is a thought-out performance and, and that all of their words, all of the performers' words, aren't necessarily like what they feel. Wow, you think people are pretty stupid. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, that's, well, I'm, not, I'm not even judging. I'm just kind of – because like the, if, 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 if that's true, I guess I'm giving people too much of the benefit of the doubt. The fact that, they think that every time they – the thing that when they're watching like Hannah Gatsby special, they're like, wow, she came up with that all on the spot? That's yeah, crazy. I, I don't think – People were people were shocked. very poetic. People are shocked when they're like, "Yeah, I saw uh, Chris D'Elia at the comedy store, and then I saw him a week later, and he did the same fifteen minutes." Well, yeah, we all do have to. We all have to go through that. We all definitely have you had know? that. I had it when I was six, but yeah, we all have that experience. Where it's like, oh, they don't they don't do something new every time. But we're we're yeah. totally okay with watching the girl with the dragon tattoo and have some fat fuck force her to blow him. And be like, no. Oh, some uh, people and, and, are and very like, against and that. Be like, oh, okay, but the, but some more, of us but, make supercuts of those scenes. But that's, <laughs> but but more people are just like, oh yeah, this is a film. That's what this is the story of this particular girl, and they're totally okay with watching something somewhat like violent, misogynistic. They're way more acceptable in, of that. Well, those are. I mean, I think though. I mean. Those are two very. I, I know they're similar in a the sense; they're both art, but they're also there's there's two very like there's there's distinct there's distinct differences in the sense that one is you're pretty. I mean, if you 
if you're the type of person who watches a movie and you're not realizing you're watching light reflecting off a screen, then you're absolutely insane. Like that's that, that's going back to like what the 1900s where they thought the train was actually coming at them. Like it's very hard for someone to believe that watching a movie, like they have the five year old attitude, like oh I'm watching thing actually happen. Yes, but it's May, also it, but they could argue that it's propo- it's, propo- it's promoting rape. Oh, or, people do or argue violence. that a lot. Yeah, people they still do. do. People but would I, but, argue that art's always supporting stuff like that. But. You never see people's careers get ruined, like a director or an artist. Um, like a, like a comic. People really want to stop David Fincher from making movies. There's like, I mean, they're like they're not obviously they can't do it as effectively as you can stop Louis C.K. from like performing. But like, there's a lot. Like, there's a reason why there's tons of like videos about why Fight Club is a toxic uh, like um, film and why David Fincher is actually kind of like a like you know a, a, a toxic force in like storytelling. Sure, but then also a comedian's joke could go viral. That he that he or she wasn't completely done working out, or was just a joke. Right, yeah. right. But that's and I, I think I mean like if it's because they think they're coming up up with it off the cuff, like that's fucking insane. Um, I I think it's more of a just that because a good performance comes off so naturally Natural, yeah. and, and and feels so uh, spontaneous that people might get lost in like. I don't because even if even people who do know that comics work out their material mm-hmm. still get upset if a joke is like inappropriate in their mind. But why can certain musicians or or, or rap rappers because they're black? <laughs> if those are the certain ones you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> no, you know all those white rappers say yeah, this. Eminem gets as close as he can get to that to that sun without melting his wings, but it he does. still can't. He still can't go that far. But they. How can women be called like hoes and, and thoughts or whatever it is? Yeah. And everyone's totally cool. We're singing along at the club like as we order another drink. Right. And then fucking, you know, a comment makes a joke about fat girls. And then it's the, it's the next big thing on fucking. Well, because thoughts and hoes is somewhat empowering for women because they, you know, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. have our that, attention. That, that no over there. No one said so thoughts empowering. and hoes can't be fat. Thoughts yeah. do have a lot of, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. was called a thought. Very, very empowering. Uh, I, I could see that would be hilarious <laughs> if they were like, yo, check out that thought. What's she doing with those slaves though? <laughs> I, there's, um, I don't know, people don't give uh, comedians the benefit of the doubt that that joke isn't their serious nuanced opinion um, well that's that's one thing that's def- definitely conflated a lot is that people think that like your act is in some way like I mean you just said at the beginning where it's like you thought I genuinely hated you because that's what I came off as on stage mm-hmm. like there's there's that feeling sometimes and like, and like I said there's a little bit of truth to what I'm joking about on stage and that's probably what makes it so visceral and hurt and also at the same time funny yeah um but that goes back down to like, and like to me saying, but as an audience member, you got to remember, it's like, well, he's trying to find humor in the truth. Like he's not, do, he, if he really had a problem with me, I'd like to hope if a person had a problem with me that they would try to, you know, uh, address it off stage as well. If only the only way you can talk about how much you hate Erickson is by like, I got to go to an open mic because that's the place <laughs> I feel safe doing it. Just like, well, enjoy, enjoy getting laughs that way for whoever knows who I am and enjoy bombing as often as you do on the road because no one knows the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Like, that's just, yeah, that's, I, I don't know what I'm saying with that stuff, but. There's like, uh, a lot of times when comedians come up with a bit, like especially, I, you know, my, my comedy can be a little Derisive sometimes. <laughs> a little. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think though. I don't. But I think I don't. I can't think of anything divisive you guys have said. But it, it's also you, these aren't. This isn't like the opinion that I have about a subject necessarily. It's a thought that I had. Here's like yeah. Oh, here's a way I thought about this and it was kind well, of fucked. Well, a up. lot of people have. A hi- I made it funny. Yeah, a lot of people have a hard time um, acknowledging that like we have evil thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And how can you make an evil thought funny? 
So maybe you can, you can exaggerate it. You can make a, a, a crazy hypothetical. What's up? Where's the? Uh, well, yeah, in your mind. Okay, one second. Should I stop or should I no, keep going? Okay. Yeah. Well, in your mind, um, what are they saying? Um, you, in your mind, yeah, because in your mind, you're disarming it. You're taking the evil thought, and you're disarming it by bringing it out in the open, observing it, and finding some lunacy in it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people think that what you're actually doing is you're giving the thought power and legs by bringing it out into the world and letting it start to grow. It's like in their mind, it's a seed that by you even bringing it out in the open is starting to get watered and therefore grow roots. And because it, now it has other people who can grow, grab onto it and go wherever they want to go with it. But that's like, I mean, you should be responsible for what someone does with the like, you know, the chemical that you bring out in the world that they're able to like mutate into some sort of dangerous substance. Um, but it's just like that Bill Burr bit that he has where he uh, went to a restaurant. And the one Bill Burr bit, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, one. that one bit. The one specific one where like uh, he goes to a restaurant yeah. and uh, the, the um, sign said, we like our beers, like we like our violence, domestic. That's funny, yeah. So And then he goes like, why would anyone who never hit their wife before in their life read that sign and then go, you know what? I should beat my wife. <laughs> <laughs> jokes, jokes like that. Someone might. Here's the thing. Someone might. I'm not going to deny that. I'll give you that. Someone might be like, you know what? I never really thought about mixing alcohol with violence, but that does sound like a great way to get like, you know, cut the edge off at the end of but, a work day. But those are like but the, the single-celled organisms that well, that's, but, I mean, can I, barely be classified as human. But that's, well, that's what that's my argument is that like that's that person's inability to like really make sound decisions and to take the outside world and, f- and formulate good choices. So because that person is complete dumb fuck, we, we're gonna, we, have, we have to censor all comedians and art, and art forms because um, that person can't differentiate. Some jokes. people believe that too. Yeah. Some, I, got, I get an argument with people. I, I remember one time I was arguing with a guy about like, um, I forget what it was about exactly. It was about, I think it was about like, uh, like having sex in like the workplace, not like at the workplace, but like with like your coworkers. And I was like, you should never allow it because like, um, like yeah, obviously like, as we've been discussing a lot in culture is that like, you know, a boss could leverage that against an employee to make them have sex with them. I'm like, well, it's the employee. And I'm very much of the idea that like, well, it's the employee's responsibility. There's a lot of responsibility to employee to be like, I'm not going to work for some place that's going to do that to me. We're not work. We're not living in Russia. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I know it's like it's hard to get a job, but there's, we still actually have we have the highest employment we've had in years. Yeah. and also like there's still other opportunities. And well, also if a, if a company really does that, like I'm sure it'll eventually catch up to them. But they keep losing employees. But he was like, no, dude, it's just like a lot of people don't act that way. I'm like, well, are we supposed to make rules based off of like what the dumbest person's going to do? He's like, yeah, that's what laws are for. I I I, and I, yeah, I disagree. I think laws should be built uh, with the highest person in mind. So because. Uh, so should we not have like chocolate or fast food because some people abuse food and eat till they fucking die? It's like no, dude. I mean, with with drugs, dude. Like, um, it's 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 a little bit of a quandary in the sense that like, should we have hard narcotics available to people mm-hmm. when they're so addictive that people's entire lives become like you know destroyed by them? Like yeah. we like Vicodin is something that's incredibly addictive. Um, so we have to prescribe it, but it's been coming, the, the prescription becoming even tighter because even people who get prescribed it, who just take it for like a surgery or something like that, it can become dependent upon it just because they're so, it's, it's just, it becomes a, a physiological thing about them. And, and, and so on the one hand, it's like, well, learn to like cold turkey, bro. But on the other hand, it's like, well, at the same time, maybe we should just make, make this illegal. I think right now we're in a place where it might be going a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. To like the conservative end, but I, I you can understand where they're coming from a little no, bit, right? No, of course. I mean, there definitely are outliers. There definitely are like certain things that 
are the exception to the rule like that. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the pharmaceutical companies are completely not for the consumer. Yeah. That, you know, those kind of drugs shouldn't even be legal. Yeah, like it's great they're for not, them if they're you not, get they're addicted not even, to them. They're not even healthy for people to be on. What do you mean? So, I mean, based on, like, research I've done about, like, antidepressants, yeah. anti-anxiety medication, painkillers, they're not actually healthy for anybody. If you have to wean yourself off something, yeah. it's not actually healthy for you. Like, there are other, like, natural alternatives. Like, like mushroom, uh, I don't know about that. Like, mu- mushrooms have been used to treat PTSD, depression, CBDs used to treat anxiety. Obviously, they don't, they don't work for every single person, but I think we're just accustomed to this current pharmaceutical situation because we've just, it's been so, you know, um, regular to us for so long. Well, so also, people we love to use drugs, like people, like, for, like recreationally. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I mean, we live in Los Angeles where there's, like, tons of, like, everywhere yeah. I go, like, people are using drugs, like, every night for fun. Like, it's it's almost, I have to be reminded of it because I'm actually just, like, not, a, I, I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm not even a, a, a big drug user. I would say I'm officially just lame. Like, I don't do almost anything. Like, I barely ever drink. Like that's how fucking lame I am as a person. Um, but so I'll be. But then somebody talked about how they were doing cocaine last night. I'm just like, fuck. Like I forget people even do that still. I know. It's, me too. I'm the same way. But they do it all the time. Like it's not even like like they're bring, they're not bringing it up like oh my god I had a crazy Saturday. They're like okay it was Tuesday yesterday and tomorrow's gonna be like LSD. Like that's yeah. just the way that most. It's it's just part of our culture. How do we go from like censorship to drugs? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Is this what you guys well, talk about on your podcast all the time? What do you guys normally really. talk about? It's a I'm always crapshoot, man. It's a crapshoot. What do you guys? Can I ask what you guys were intending to do when making this podcast? You just want to bring on cool people, or are you yeah. like hoping? Okay, just make cool sure. People yeah. talk about I always feel like I want to. Yeah, I, I feel like I derail conversations. So I always want to make sure we're doing what the topic is. But, I mean, oh, I yeah, think we're, it, we were open. just generally talking about the responsibility of individuals and what the role is of society. To stop people from doing things that Personal they think are responsibility wrong. is something yeah. I'm very big on. Is it and society's I, job to stop you from doing something, or is it your own job? I think lately we've, we've been leaning more and more into, like, people would love it for, like, a society to create rules that governs people's responsibility. Um, it, it's, it's tough. I think, to I think to that's be personally responsible thing. sucks, okay? I, I know it because I practice it as much as I possibly can. And to constantly remind myself every day of, like, where I've come short and realizing that I've created these fucking, like, you know, situations for myself to be like, God, dude, like, you could be a better person tomorrow. It sucks to be like I'm, I'm the one who brought myself into this situation. But the thing is, I'm better off that way in my mind because it's just like, well, I'm still living my my own life rather than just being like, a, you know, walking around just believing whatever someone tells me to leave, following rules because people tell me to follow them, follow them, and then getting angry because I feel like I'm entitled to a certain result because I've been following the rules for so long and no one's given me what I wanted. That's what I think is the biggest problem with that is that like it creates this entitlement amongst people where there's like, I'm a good person because I followed A, B, and C, and you broke rule B, so you should have everything taken away from you, and I will not rest until that's done done because I haven't got what I wanted yet. Yeah. Does I that mean, make sense? Uh, absolutely. I feel like that's People, like... Every, I mean, first of all, everyone is the hero of their own story. This is such a funny episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone's like the hero of their own story, so in their mind, they're doing the thing that's right. Yeah. And then they see someone else have something they don't. And I've been saying a lot, angry. Star Wars ruined us. Like, I think... Uh, yeah. I think... No, I'm not even uh, kidding. Because the, the good always triumphs over evil? Yeah. Well, the, or not even the good tri- triumphs over evil, but the, that the idea, like the most... It's, it's, I want to point out a more like like uh culturally relevant and like persistent myth in america and i'll concede my point but like it's the one myth that basically everyone knows which is the idea of like the majority like the like there's evil and there's good and usually good is the underdog that has to work hard to defeat evil which is usually like the big whatever's popular or like you know like you know um 
in like everywhere. Like people are just like, people see everything in black and white, and the idea like I must be the good guy, yeah. and I got to find out who the evil empire is and take them down because that's what Luke Skywalker did, and I want to be Luke Skywalker or well, everyone's behind Solo too. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think the problem is that if you ask 15 or 20 people who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, they're mostly going to have different answers. Well, that's my point. Just the idea, the, the only thing that's consistent is the idea of there is an empire out there yeah. and I need to defeat them. There's a dark side. Yeah. But the problem that, that the movies obviously don't talk about because back then it wasn't something that has much nuance to it is that, yeah, everyone's perception of what the dark side is can be very different. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's so weird about to me about the, like, the new movies is that before those new movies came out, there were tons of like, YouTube videos and jokes about how like the Empire was actually just like, you know... Like, like Bringing this, order to the galaxy. Yeah, and like these rebels just came in and terrorized and destroyed their Death Star. Like There's all these <laughs> jokes about how like from the Empire's perspective, if you were just living in like Coruscant or something, as far as you're concerned, it's like, oh, this Taliban is getting way out of hand. Yeah, <laughs> but we and so the new movies came out. I thought like maybe they'll tackle a little bit of that like you know duality that exists in like you know storytelling. But instead they're like, no, nah, here's just a- double down on it. Yeah, yeah. Once Nazis are, it's like they literally just were like Nazis are back and the good guys are once again the underdogs. And I was just like, <laughs> you you really are. But that's what made me realize it. I was like, we are so addicted to this uh, this story, this very black this, and white clear cut, this fiction of like I am an underdog. Who's going against a incredibly insidious and almost impossible to beat like force, and it's my job to fight as valiantly as I can against it, and to like you know eventually prevail. And I'm just like, dude, just live your fucking life. Well, like, that's a lot more compelling than like, listen, it's all kind of gray, and I'm a, kind of a piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> I think that's more compelling. This the story. Like, I love Star Wars. That's the reason why I brought it up because I mean, I went to fucking Disneyland when the, when the land opened up and stuff like that. But the stories that really get me going nowadays, the ones that involve people dealing with like the gray in life and like the stuff, like the decisions that are hard to figure out, like the things of like I I did this shit. I think we've all done something that we ever so often think back to. And we're just like, am I? Am I good? Have I like even redeemed myself from that one fucking shitty thing I did? Yeah. Like, am I still a good person? Like, I feel good about myself. But when I think back to that one fucking thing I did, I think I'm awful. There's also this thing where people look at someone they don't know and a bad thing they did, and they go, "Oh, that's a bad person." Yeah. And very few people kind of take into account that good people do bad things all the time. And yeah, ba- we and all bad people we do all, good things. Well, it too. goes back to that personal responsibility thing. It's like you're always go. You're always um breaking your principles and your virtues every day. Like you're always doing something that goes against who you thought you were yesterday. And um, and that's just human nature. And it doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means that you're complex and you're still figuring out like everyone else is. But yeah, when you can catch someone doing it, we like we like having those things that define who the baddies are, who define who Vader is and who the Empire is. And that makes us feel better because we feel like we're falling into that familiar narrative and we know what side we're on. I think, you know, that, I forget I forget that English sketch show. And I, I know people bring this thing up all the time, but you know that it's a, there's that, it's, it's a sketch where they're, they're the Nazis and they're on the battlefield and they suddenly look at each other and go like, dude, are we the bad guys? Oh, no, I've, we've I've got skulls that. on our cap. Like <laughs> I think we're the bad guys. I think we're I think we're the bad ones. And it's just such a great it's such a great sketch because there's just these two white like English like well they're English but it's yeah. like you know they're supposed to be in Germany. Yeah. But they're realizing like, I think we might be the bad guys. And it's just it's just a great moment of like nuance or realization. Like yeah, that's I'm sure some of them had that realization too. Well, back to what you're going said before, which I thought was was really intriguing, was um, how 
when we follow the rules and like we're like we think we're doing the right things, yeah. There's a sense of entitlement, like, well, I'm doing good things, they're doing bad. Yeah. Why aren't I getting everything that I want? And people don't admit that shit either. What? Because I feel I feel entitled sometimes. I'm like I'm doing all the right things. I'm paying um, my tax. To be American is to feel entitled to more privilege. You you think it's that simple? Yeah. Um, at least we're, that's we are my like the most hypothesis. optimistic people in the world. We're the you only two ones or who, Americans. Americans. Okay. We're the only ones who expect good things to happen to us. Mm, like you talk to Russians. No, I like, disagree. I disagree. They're like, why would it we, be good? We don't even expect <laughs> it to. We believe we are deserving. Yeah. Like we are. In, I'm not, I, I cannot stress enough the word entitled. Like we believe we are entitled to good things happening to us because we are the good guys and we have done the right thing yeah. ever like, since we got rid of slavery and then let women to vote and then recently <laughs> started letting gays get married. But we've been doing the right thing ever since then. Always. Yeah. Like for me, it's, it's way more so on like a, a micro level. Like I don't even think about we, you know, we abolish slavery, women can vote. I think I like more of like a, like a Vinny level. Like yeah. for me, it's like, okay, I, I'm nice to my friends. I'm nice to my girlfriend. I go to work. I do a good job there. I pay my tax. I pay my rent. I'm doing stand up every night or, you know, four nights a week, whatever, as much as I can do. Yeah. With all of these things combined, then I, I should be successful one day. Like I, I should be a successful comedian making a tons of, ton of money. Wait. I don't, I don't think that necessarily and like you know the last like year or so I'm like I don't just because I'm doing all this shit doesn't mean this is going to happen a friend of mine put it great he was actually I was talking about my uh, well I'll talk, I'm not gonna say who I was talking about I don't want to offend anyone but like uh, <laughs> I was talking about particular people who I was like confounded by because their, their work ethic is very different than mine and he, he had a great phrase I don't even think he coined but he said like they believe let me see if I can remember what it was exactly but it involved entitlement maybe this is where I got the whole entitlement theory from but like it's like they believe they're entitled to the fruits of their labor and not the labor itself. Mm. And like what that. the reality is that we all think we're entitled to like whatever, like, you know, our labor gets us. Like, you know, whatever you that success was, you describe it, you think that you're going to, you work because you believe that the work will make you entitled to whatever it gives you, but you're not. You're only entitled to the work. And that's what you have to remember and remind yourself is that like we, all three of us, the only we're entitled to is we get to go to open mics. We yeah. get to go on stage because we paid the money to do it and we chose to use our time and show our energy up. to show up and go after this task. Obviously, it, it's, it makes sense to have a goal of like, oh, well, I want to start making money off of it. I would obviously like to get better at it to the point that it creates certain opportunities and privileges, yeah. but to believe, like, to be somebody, and I hope to God I won't be this person, but to be one of those people who's like six to 10 years in the comedy and be like, I deserve so much more than this. I've been doing it for so long. It's like, no, I mean, it's no. a dangerous place to be. What's well, like, you don't. You're not yeah. entitled to any of that yeah. because if you, because it, it would just, you would have it. I hate to say it, but like yeah. at the end of the day, you can blame, like, don't get me, there are societal structures and shit like that, but at the end of the day, blame all the systems, all the like bad luck, all the unfair like scenarios. You're not entitled to anything. Yeah, because there's equal opportunity. There is not equal outcome. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think a lot of the times all it takes is like to see one talentless hack who has what you don't to be like, this is so fucking unfair. Well, that's, that's I mean, that's every day. Yeah. yeah. As a comic, <laughs> and, and I feel it's, like. But it's so easy to get bitter because of that. Well, it makes you really question yourself and why you're doing it, and it makes, I mean, I can only speak for myself, like, it makes me go, like, okay, like, am I doing the wrong thing, and should I be trying something different? Is this even not, is this, is this pointless? Do I not even want to do this? Like, am I just wasting my time? Like, why am I, for what, what I try to do is I focus on, like, it makes me ask myself, why am I really doing this? Because, like, if that's what can, if that can succeed more often than not, if that is even succeeding more than I'm succeeding at, like, you know, 
whatever success is, then like, what's keeping me here? I'm just like, well, I love doing this. Like, that's. I mean, honestly, I think it was. I and stand up comedy is one of those few things where like I feel like you're getting a lot of the uh, the fruits of your labor and immediately. Like the laughter on stage is almost enough to make it worth it every time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I forget which podcast it was, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't like doing it so much because it's so fucking hard and like frustrating, and you you put yourself out there. But then you you get on stage and it's just so much fun that you are just you have to do it you have to keep doing I mean, it. I hate the fact that what I love is a thing I'm not going to be able to come close to making a living off of for at least ten years. And that's if you, that's if you're lucky. Honestly, I, mean, I no the only thing I hate about it is just the money it costs. I really don't yeah. like. I love I love the I love bombing on stage. I love <laughs> I do I really I love I love having people think that I hate them and then realizing I I, I love them. <laughs> I love insulting people. I love making jokes every so often. And like I uh, I, I love I, I love. Um, the whole process. It's just every so often, like when I see, like for instance, someone who I think is just like less deserving, which is obviously my own ego at work. Um, I think to myself, like God, man, I have spent like so much money and time doing this, and I could have put that towards like you know, like an investment or a loan or savings, and I could be like, I could have a family right now, but I'm doing this, and I've got to remind myself, it's like, well, this is a choice you make, and you got to ask yourself, is this what you want right now? I'm like, yeah, it is. So I can. How, how many years have you been doing comedy? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half, and based off your, I know this is there's different variables. Everyone's different. Based off of just you being in the comedy scene and just looking at things, how like how many years into doing comedy do you think someone should be seeing some kind of like payoff? Obviously, what's the payoff? That's the thing. Like financial payoff is is, is just being able to do it for a living, whether what whatever money you're making. I would like to hope I can figure that out in the next two years. Two I years. would I would like to think in four years you're. I mean, well, okay, like I know, I know it's different for everybody. It's, it's a hard question. Well, it's it's, it's only it's, yeah. Like if what you really want to do is make money at it, and you have a knack at it, I think it within four years you should be able to figure out a way to start making some money at it. to do it full time. I would like to hope after doing it for six years, I can I can find a route. It might not be the route I wanted where like I'm like, you know, a regular the comedy store and I'm like writing like, you know, like copy for people every weekend um, and I get to live in L.A. But I think there's a way to do it within six years. You can at least be a touring working comic. I'd have to I'd have to believe that's as long as it really takes. Ten years, it seems like ten years is how long I think it takes to get comfortable enough to be doing it and have like confidence to like do it regularly. But yeah, I think six years is like as long as it take to to begin. I, I, that's my that's my measuring. In ten years of comedy, what are some benchmarks you hope you reach? That's a good question. Um, I want I, I don't know I want to be even more comfortable to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how comfortable I really do appear when I'm on stage, but I would love to be at a point where like I don't. I can just go up on any stage I want and either decide to make new material or old material and I just have enough mat- I want to have at least two hours that I can play around with if I want to pull from whenever I feel like it um, I would love to and I, I would like to be doing a full time making money from it um, and I know this sounds silly too but I'd love to have a family like I know that sounds like a weird benchmark but to me like being successful at a career for me is having enough success in it that I can have a family that also means balance as well because you can't be too right into something to where you negate every other well other that's the thing I, 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 after 10 years I shouldn't be like you renting a room doing, doing 20 mics a week being like I gotta get better yeah. like I should have something I mean after 4 years if I'm not 
somewhere where like I have an idea of how my career is building, I, I, I'll probably reconsider what I'm doing. I don't think I'll ever stop doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't, I might not be like as gung-ho as I am right now doing mics all the time because it's, it's costly and it's just at a certain point, it's like, you, you, that's the thing, you, you, you're entitled to the work but you have to ask yourself what the work is giving you. You do mm-hmm. 20 mics a week, by the way? I, I have. <laughs> Lately, I've been like getting back into it. Now I'm probably doing like maybe 15 Jesus Christ, man, um, that's a lot. But in LA, when I was on the road, I was doing I I, I was doing like three to four sets tops. Mm-hmm. Like it's LA really does give you the opportunity to work that stuff out. Places like the Fourth Wall and obviously like Burt's Backroom like give you opportunity to like really do a few sets in a row. Um, and also, you know, question if you're alive or in a dream. But <laughs> there's uh yeah I don't know it's it's I, I love doing it and that's what also do you, I don't what do you write do for work. Oh, I just live off mom and dad. Um, <laughs> no, I do editing. I do editing work. I do editing uh, freelance. Okay, so you, you have a pretty flexible schedule then, obviously. That's one of the reasons why I'm like scared about moving to New York. Like, I want to move to New York. Really? I want Yeah, I, 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 I like New York because it's like, I'm not trying to say LA comedy isn't real. Obviously, like, the really good comics are really good, and there is, a, there is a pathway there, but just New York feels much more like a comics oh, kind of sure. place. I, I agree. Where the comics I, I meet there are just like, they're having comic fun. Like, they're mm-hmm. doing comic stuff on stage. They're just, they're really fucking around, even, like, at, at every level. And, and it seems like you get more work there, too. And it just, I don't know, it just feels like a better place for getting perspective, experiencing life. Most of my time here, I'm in my fucking car just trying to, just trying to figure out, like, how can I make this material? But when I'm in New York, there's, like, mater- I'm just walking, you're living, you're, I, when I went to New York for a month, I ended up getting, like, uh, like, Five to ten minutes of new jokes just by walking around yeah. because of the experiences I had there. Um, but what scares me is that like I've been here for seven years, and it took me about five of those to get to the point where like I have um, a career, like not a career, but like a background enough where, and enough connections where I can make just enough money flexibly whenever I at the time that I and have the flexible schedule that I can go to as many mics as I go to. You're gonna have to start over if you go to New York. Completely like, from ground zero. And when I started here, I was working at a robot store, quote unquote, like a toy store that mm-hmm. pretended it was a robot store that cared about science yeah. for like eleven bucks an hour, and I was miserable. And I don't want to start that again. I don't want to do but, that. But I understand. I did. I started in New York. I did stand up there for like two years. Yeah, it's way easier, in my opinion, to audition for clubs in New York. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes sense. I saw more clubs promoting their new residents throughout the entire you, month. You do the open mics there, like New York Comedy Club, Stand Up New York. Um, Here's the thing, like, and, and maybe this is to your point, like the comics who nobody knows who are still performing there a lot, they seem like they're doing shit. Like the big, the big open micers seem like they're doing shit. Whereas the big open micers here, like, they seem like they know people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I mean, we're just. I mean, I told Pat, I just. We, I had a show at the Ha Ha Tuesday. We're driving back, and it's just we were just talking about you know getting to the next. I level. totally just got myself blacklisted from LA by saying that. I bet too. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Go um, back to Detroit, asshole. Let's see how you do well there. Maybe on somebody else's podcast. Yeah. Would. <laughs> Some, one of the people are listening to. Yeah, that might be true. But we're you know we're driving back. And we're just like talking about how to get to the next level, and kind of just like beating ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, we're besides New York, we're basically in like the major league of comedy yeah. out here. Look at the clubs. Laugh Factory, Improv, Comedy Store, Ice House. Obviously there's other little rooms you can perform at and play at and stuff like that. But those like four those four rooms are have a lineup of people who've been doing it for fifteen, twenty years with right. credits on credits. So it just 
it just takes time, and it's not like we're not progressing or, or doing anything in a timely manner. It's just we are in a very concentrated, competitive area for comedy. Right. Um, but you also and there's there's truth that whole idea of like you uh, you need to play with like you know like better players to get better at the game. But how often are you performing with those better players? And I think that's thing people have to be more honest with themselves about. Like you really have to make sure you're sharing stage time with like killers because if you're just always doing like open mics or even bar shows where it's just like yeah you're the funniest person in the lineup, but it's just like look at you like I mean Who's you're on a you? lineup with a bunch of people who just started like mm-hmm. uh, you know three months ago. Yeah. Um, you might be better off. I don't know. It's how long have you guys been doing it for? Like four. Four years? Yeah, okay. Like and four. so what's what to you is the next step in your mind? Honestly, I don't even know. You I, got, I mean, you guys are already living like really well. Like so Yeah, but I mean I'm waiting tables five days a week and tending bar. I so see. it isn't the dream job. I don't have paid time off, anything like that. Yeah. But I mean I think the next level for me would just to be to get more shows. Just, just more regular yeah. shows, like book spots, book spots, so yeah. really, really anywhere. And I'm Great. starting to definitely gain, even at bars and stuff like that. Anywhere, sure. oh, really, a- anywhere. Okay. I just, I love open mics. I love, I love being able to go to the fourth wall, or I mean, that's really where I go because I have so few nights free because I attend bar. Right. That when I have those few nights free, I know where I can go to get a couple sets in. It's, it's look, I look, I, I practically spent 2018 in that black box, yeah. and I would say I, I built a lot of material there. So I don't think, I don't think going to the same place is actually as bad as people might think yeah but my point is i love doing open mics i love being able to work out jokes and seeing like my buddies there and yeah. they really do give me honest feedback i mean there have been plenty of times where my friends have been in the audience and yeah. I've, I've eaten plates of penises you know you eat a plate of penises plate of penises that's crazy oh. how like that sounds like a nice appetizer it does. it does as opposed to like a bag of dicks like that sounds yeah. like that's the, probably the rotten pee, the plates of but they'd be like would you like a plate of penises it's like actually I think we better. could let, we'd French? love a plate of penises yeah. at the table for, for, for the table it's like escargot if I have some penises will you have yeah. some I'll of have the some penises, penises on the plate who doesn't love some penises, penises before, before the main gar- meal it's a lot of garlic oh, yeah, they're very garlic heavy penises I'm <laughs> listen like I'm not that hungry but I could do a plate of penises <laughs> yeah it's like calamari I might say that next time I'm at a fancy restaurant by any chance can we get a plate of penises I'm sorry so we don't have any penises. Well, I, I, oh. I really? respond that way. I'm gonna be a little bit, a little, a little <laughs> really? bit confused. Really? Wow! 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 <laughs> I thought this even, was a three dollar sign establishment. You didn't even double take when you said that. Is that, <laughs> is that a common request around here? No, we, we just eighty six the penises. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what does eighty six mean? It means you're out. You're out of it. But where did that come from? So there are different like it's there are different like origin stories. Um, I forget exactly. It's like the Joker. I'm just glad someone knows it because I've never had anyone be able to explain it to me. There, there are a couple things. I remember one was like, um, an old like, like pirate thing. Like when you're 80. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm not it even goes kidding. all the way back to the yeah. pirates. Actually, l- let me look up. I know there's actually good old Blackbeard and his 86. Yeah. There are men. definitely a couple different. Before um, there was a black spot, they used to give you a piece of paper with the, with the number 86, 86 with the 86 I mean, on it. You're going off the plane. Yeah, it was meant you're gonna like yeah. <laughs> It was during the year uh, uh, 1786, which yeah. is why. 1786 and then 86 are just no more stuff. So uh, we need to, all right, so perhaps it origin lies in New York. Many stories back to stuff. That makes there, a lot of sense. There was a speakeasy called Bar 86. Bedford and they were Street. always out of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have nothing, mate. They were always out of stuff. They were always kicking people out. Um, on Bedford Street in Greenwich Village called uh, Chumley's with no address on the, the door. the gay bar at the college I went to. And can, can I fucking read this? You're going to make jokes. <laughs> um, on the address door, several hidden exits. When the heat showed up, guests were known to be 86 it or remove themselves from the premises immediately. 
So basically, okay. like, like when the police came up, they were just 86 themselves. I get it. That makes sense. There you go. Yeah, that makes go. so sense. I thought there were a couple. Um, uh, but I don't know how they moved into restaurants because that's usually where you hear it. They ate. Yeah, it's like, the only know, place you hear it. Yeah. Well, I, my, my aunt would say it to me a lot. Well, did she used to work in restaurants? I have no idea what she used to do. Probably. Maybe. I, I don't know. So. I, the, the women in my, in my family... Other than my sister, so another speakeasy prohibition said like supposedly during prohibition when there were a speakeasy and they're getting raided by the police, the workers would just sh- shout eighty six. <laughs> I like the other one better. That's yeah. a little more reasonable. Yeah, I like the uh, the idea that a bunch of like plebs just started shouting a number for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It just seems a little bit confounding. Yeah, but then again, stranger things have happened. True. There's some weird sayings. I cannot think of one of them. I guess they're all weird. Is, is it brass tacks or brass? Tax. I don't know. Did you just say the two same things? Tax, as in like tax in a, a board, yeah. or tax oh. as in like T A X. Yeah. I like don't I shoot the. I, I like don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Pretty straightforward though. No, but if you yeah. Think about it, how many messengers had to get shot to where like their unions like, all right, we got to start telling people <laughs> not to <laughs> shoot the messenger. That's all right? a good joke. Number one. How many poor messengers? Like, all right, listen, sir. <laughs> I'm just traveling a message from my lord. Your wife is a whore. No, no, no shoot! <laughs> I like how we started off at a time with guns and went all the way back to the medieval ages with they that, had arrows, with that premise. Okay, okay, I guess, yeah, oh, they pulled yeah. up. Well, then I would, I would be running. I, would, I wouldn't stay there as they just load up the arrows. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Maybe crossbows. I mean, that's probably what it was, I'm guessing, because like, you would come in with a flag as a messenger. and No, yeah, there's. I mean, I'm sure it'll... Too, yeah. Was that, I just assumed it went all the way back to Roman times because there's that scene in 300 where the guy's like, you would kill a messenger? He's like, yeah, I'll they kill were, a fucking were, messenger. Well, he, he was a jerk off, that messenger. He, sh- he should have got kicked into a Also, wall. they were Greek. It was also bad news. What about, was what bad about news? What's wrong with Greeks? He said Roman times. They were Greek. Oh, got it, got it. Oh, got it. Well, <laughs> it was still Roman times, though. <laughs> we don't call it Greek times. That, I mean, the Romans were still alive. That's like saying it's, like, like Mongol times. times. There was no Roman Empire, though. What There wasn't? Back in 300? Pat is the smartest kid without a degree. Yeah. Congratulations. You're has, you're using all that intelligence very well. He has a lot of useless information stored up. Like he's a great trivia person. You, want, you, ever, you ever think about doing Jeopardy? I'm not that smart. Not that good. Okay, he's a great trivia person, but it's not not really. Yeah, he's like, how many balls is Lance Armstrong at? That's like one. I think, you know, <laughs> that's basically he, his uh, his level. Of yeah, that's some real trivial pursuit <laughs> shit. Yeah, there's right like there. how many options? How many are balls? That? How many balls? Yeah, this zero, is like one, two. Well, I guess the obvious three. answer would be two. <laughs> he could have got the second I one taken away. You don't know this. He's question. the most famous guy without two balls. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. <laughs> What's a good like random fact that you know? I remember we were having a conversation. I said something. You're like, "Oh, actually, you know, Joe DiMaggio did not like Snickers, like something like that." Is that true? I, that's funny. I don't know. Uh, that's that. funny. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I believe it, man. I believe so. Babe Ruth hated the candy bar. Like I can imagine that too. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, I, that's kind of a hard. Um, give, give I, us a, I, give yeah, us put him nice on a spot, dude. I know who th- threw the first perfect game in Major League history. Who? Good. Who? Uh, this guy named George Washington Bradley. See, that's that's crazy that he has the name of the first president. He ends up being the guy who throws the first perfect game. Maybe we should just we should just be naming people George Washington and see More what we get. People out there. I mean, how many George Washingtons? You know, you got George Washington Bradley, George Washington Carver, George Washington. What did George Washington Carver? He made the peanut the butter, peanut right? Guy. Yeah. Actually, I well, he came out with like something called like 
some I think it was thirteen uses for peanuts, and peanut butter was not one of them. Oh really? I was yeah. saying I thought maybe like the only one people gave a shit about was peanut Speaking butter. Speaking of uses, I hate the fact that Q-tips on the box say you're not supposed to use them in your ears. Yeah, no wait, one's using. Wait, wait, them for wait, wait. Are you serious? Oh yeah, they, it is. It is. You're not supposed to use Q-tips in your ears. Like, what Honestly, I've never for? used. I mean, I haven't used a Q-tip since I was a child. Oh, in my Jesus. ears. What do you clean out your ears? Look like? They're probably horrific, dude. God, I'm sure. Dude, wait, I, do you just not clean out your ears? Yeah. Why would I clean out my ears? Are you sick? Because you're a person and you should be hygienic. Yeah. Dude, they're gonna be. There's there's gonna be gunk in them forever i don't th- there's literally earwax in ears like don't, i feel like don't your ears person. get like itchy yeah um maybe i don't know what are you shrek you take it out and light a candle <laughs> <laughs> i would love to do that i would totally be down for the candle thing i would do that thing in a heartbeat 13 uses for earwax dude i haven't i haven't cleaned my ears out george washington i haven't cleaned Erickson. my ears out in probably almost two decades here do, do a profile let's see like, one of these that's things. disgusting they don't, they, don't, they don't look that dirty. They're, they're clean. You know what? I also don't use soap when I shower. Oh like my God. I'm, don't tell me this. but I've got decent skin. Like I think, I think a lot of well, it your is balls just. Smell like I think a lot of you it, clean yourself. Jar of pickles. What? No. Wow. See, I like how like, I went from like I used to use water to like what do you like use like like vinegar to wash no, I'm yourself? Saying, what do your like, balls smell like? They must smell like vinegar. You know what's crazy, Vinny? Is I don't smell my balls that often. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm a not a dog. I don't lick them every yeah. fucking two hours. Are you even a man? <laughs> I often I, I often ask myself all the time. Uh, well, there, you know what? There's balance in the universe, and all the times Erickson isn't smelling his balls, yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my own, not yours. So, do you shampoo? Yeah, shampoo I have to because I obviously want to keep my hair. But I don't shampoo. Very, I don't shampoo all the time. Neither do I. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you can't. It's not good for your hair. Yeah, exactly. That's why I stop. So why? So you don't use soap. What do you use? Uh, I get in the, I get a shower. I I just have hot water. I'm in there for a while. I like a long shower. Okay, that's fine. Um, and plus, obviously, I'm not using soap, so I need to make sure I wash everything off. Um, and I will use shampoo every so often. Um, and you know, I brush my teeth. That's about it. But what are you washing your body with? Water. water? Hot water. water. Hot water is very very good for you. It is, but is it to the temperature where it kills bacteria? You know, I uh, I stopped using a thermometer um, after I got out of high school. Okay. So I, have, I have a poultry thermometer in the cabinet. You, you have a poultry thermometer? That's hilarious. I love yeah. that idea of like taking a poultry thermometer. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know. I Anderson mean, hasn't used a thermometer some, since some, he cleaned his sometimes ears. It, some, sometimes it's probably hot enough to kill off bacteria. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's probably not. But like, you know. I'm not usually showering to get rid of bacteria. I'm mostly showering just to like get rid of to smell, feel clean. clean, feel clean. Yeah, and it's yeah. an awesome. It's an awesome. I love showering. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love showering too. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I feel like you're not time. utilizing the shower properly. Yeah. No, you think I'm not using soap, and that grosses you out because you're that is Guido we from yeah. Jersey, and one of your favorite things to do is hygiene. What Guido's from Jersey? The only people who use soap. No, you feet. guys love. You guys love taking care of yourself. You guys love just cleaning the tr- fact, trimming the beard. Takes his vitamins. Seriously, you guys. What love a queer. That is. But he clips his toenails too. That is the oddest stereotype I've ever heard. That Guido's from Jersey are the ones the only ones using soap. <laughs> I, see, I didn't say only. I just said I know you guys love to take care of yourself. You guys love the primp. No one. No man loves a primp more. Than a Jersey boy. Yeah, Poly D sponsored by Old Spice. <laughs> See, there you go. I, 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 I will say, it, it, like Guidos are pretty. Yeah, hygienic. we are very hygienic. Okay, so now it's not crazy. I will say you're absolutely spot on with that. Thank you. <laughs> but we're not the only ones. I never said that. I just said if anyone likes to sure, hygiene, sure, sure. Yeah. you made it sound People like we're weird because we yeah. use soap. <laughs> Look, I know it sounds like I hate you guys, but like that's not the case. But it's mostly because it's I do. I'm just because critical. I do. Uh, you soap using fucks. No, that all comes from the fact that like I'm just I'm 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 very uh, standoffish because I, I've got tremendous intimacy issues in the sense that like I don't 
I don't like to start things that, that I'm not going to finish. And I, I get worried of like people liking me when I don't like them and then me feeling guilty about having to break the news to them. Uh-huh. So I'm always like, let's just keep a safe distance. Make sure I smell a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, until I, until <laughs> so I, until we don't I, do hugs. <laughs> well, you got to worry about getting ringworm around Also, me, so. I, just, I, I also just don't want to bother people. Like, I just don't want to waste your time. Like, I, 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 only, I think I only saw you guys at Mike's up to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I saw you guys at the show, I'm like, well, okay, we're now, it's like, you guys are people I don't mind bumping into. There's some people I see where I'm just like, oh, shit, this is going to be very awkward. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't force it. And I'm also, like, here's the thing. Like, I have a hard time, like, making friends because it's just, like, I don't really like to hang out. Like, there's one guy I hang out with every so often, and that's, like, my guy I hang out with. And every, every, every other day, I just go to, I go to Mike's or I do work. Like, I really don't chill. I'm not a fun person. I'm lame. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm just... My, I, I just bought some Star Wars X-Wing figurines. Like That's what I'm oh. doing with my spare time. Nice. That's fine. Pat loves that shit. I mean, I like Star Wars too. I wouldn't buy a figurine, but... Well, it's like, it's like a game that you can play on the oh, tabletop okay. and stuff like that. And uh, everyone who plays is a fucking loser. Um, X-Wing miniatures? See, even the name just sounds terrible. You should call it something that's else. You should call it... Like, that's a bad name. Yeah. It's, well, they, I, think, I think they've shorted it to X-Wing 2.0, that's which is like... X-Wings and Dragons. They might as well just call it that. <laughs> they might as well just call it. They, they, they should just call it like Never Sees a Pussy is what yeah. they should call the game. <laughs> and uh, Wings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, let's end on Eric's, uh, Erickson's nice laugh and my joke. I like that. Okay. So we have yeah. a thing called uh, Pat and Vinny. Okay. Pat or Vinny. Pat or Vinny. Uh, that's oh, God. I don't like where this is headed at all. So basically I read off uh, something and you have to decipher whether it is uh, a fact about myself or Patrick. And then the fifth one we tell you two facts about each other, or a fact about each Say this again? So it's basically, um, I ask you a question. You have to tell us if it's about me or if it's... So there is Goofy Show, this podcast. And then and, yeah. the fifth question is a something about each of us, but you have to match up. Yeah, to mix and match. Yeah. Oh my God, girls, I'm having so much fun at the slumber party. <laughs> this is the best. Then we paint, oh, each, yeah. we paint yeah. each other's nails. Yeah. Can't wait. Then we shower afterwards, but I guess you'll sit that one out. All right, which one of us regularly sleeps until... I still shower. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The moment anyone gets like one little thread they can pull on me, they just immediately go for it. Go on. <laughs> That's all I got right now. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, uh, which one of us regularly sleeps until one or maybe even two in the afternoon? I mean... Pat's the one who looks like it. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's correct. That's yeah. very correct. <laughs> okay. I like to get eight hours of sleep, you know? Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> Pat's the one who looks like it. Jeez. I thought I looked all right. <laughs> hey, you're the one who does it, though, too. So like, yeah. you have, you have life choices you can make. Exactly. <laughs> you, thought you, you thought you were just, just going to get away with it? Like, Not I bet I can pull this off. Yeah. I fucking clean your ears. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear, buddy. <laughs> All right. Which one of us went on a spree where they shit their pants twice in two weeks? And boats not an option? No. <laughs> okay. Because that sounds like something you both have done more than once. Uh, which one have you done? What, 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 give me, I don't know why I need you to describe it again, but that'll help Which me. one of us uh, went on a spree where they shit their pants twice in two weeks? <laughs> so, like, you know, average the shit of pants. Oh, uh, I'm going to say Pat again. Incorrect. Actually me. Okay. No. It was bad. I thought they were farts. My asshole. I went off me. how much he was laughing. He was just laughing <laughs> as if he could relive it just by saying it again. Um, Did you witness it? No. Okay. No, one so this is all just actually, a Actually, one time I did. So one was in front of my girlfriend. So we're walking out of her apartment, and I farted, and I, I stopped dead in the sidewalk. And she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I think I just shit my pants. She's like, oh, my God. What? Like, 
couldn't shit my pants. So I had to go back. I like duck walk back into her apartment. Yeah. Her brother was sitting on the couch. He's like, oh, what are you doing back? I'm like, oh, I forgot something. Had to run upstairs, throw my underwear in like a little plastic bag. Yeah. And then I walked past her brother now with a plastic bag. And he was like, later. And like he only looked at the plastic bag. Yeah. And I had to throw the plastic bag in the dumpster and then ride back to my house. Commando. Well, I'm just glad. Luckily, the pants were still good, right? The pants were great. It, I was, used it to, was a minor shark. I used, oh, yeah, it wasn't the whole thing. I used to roll commando all the time. Really? Yeah. And then one time I was at like a uh, paintballing, and I was wearing just my regular jeans, and apparently while we were paintballing, my jeans had ripped right open in the back, because oh. I was like jumping around like I was fucking John McClane. <laughs> and so like, like, like uh, apparently guys like, yo, you got some air conditioning in your back of your pants. I was like, oh my God. I mean, my whole ass was just hanging out of my pants the entire time. <laughs> so I had to go finally, like, I had to, I put a sweatshirt around my fucking waist. Like an old grandpa who just pissed himself. That, that look is in these days. You yeah, see that is these in. fucking ladies in Hollywood. Just yeah, like, women can get away with it. Yeah. That, that's what that's what someone told me. I used to wear a sweater around my waist all the time. So it was like someone said, like you know, only girls do that. And I was like, hey, Arnold does it. Like, hey, Arnold's a cartoon. Yeah. So <laughs> also, he was wearing a flannel shirt. I guess that that's true. true. Yeah, but you that, shouldn't that be tying anything around your waist. Probably more feminine. If you're a dude, yeah, I'm gonna say if you're a dude, you can't tie anything around your waist. Yeah, Sorry, that's true. You can't do it. Um, okay. You know the hips for it. Third question. Which one of us does yoga every day? It's got to be you. It's Pat. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Where do you find the time? Not, You're always not, asleep. Not every day, like oh. three days a week. So it's a lot. It's, it's a false premise anyway. You just yeah. say three times a week, I would have guessed him no problem. Like, you're the only, <laughs> you're, you're the only guy who looks like he's got like every morning like devoted to like you know praising the sun Myself, god. So yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Pat, you look like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really know why I stand with Erickson now. Well, I like how this started with like, we love the, we're just so happy to find you don't hate us and now Pat's like, I hate Erickson. Yeah. Like, I fucking... <laughs> All right. Fuck that kid. Yeah. <laughs> now, Pat hates this question, but I, I, think, it's, I think it's great. It's, it's a good hypothetical. Yeah. So, Pat is a far better wrestler than I am. Look, just so you know, I would not let my daughter hang out with either of you guys. I don't have one, but like, neither of you guys look like like friendly folk. I wouldn't either. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like I, I wouldn't on, let my so. own daughter hang out with me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> So Pat is a far better wrestler than I am. If we wrestled 10 times, he'd beat me 10 times out of 10. However, I am a far better kickboxer than Patrick. Now we're just gloating here? Okay. Yeah. So it, with these two facts, which one of us do you think would win in a fight? This is not a, like, there's no right answer? No, no right it's answer. just your opinion. I'm going to actually, uh, once again, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to have to say Pat. Really? Yes. Small guys are scrappy, and that's just the truth. He's and like he's more well rested. First of all, uh, he's doing yoga. Very limber. Um, limber and well rested. But like, yeah. The, 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 and also, you you said you're a better kickboxer, but he's a better grappler. So like, he just has to get he just has to get past your feet, and you're dead. But not only that, even if he didn't say he was a better wrestler, I'd still believe it because like, there's just like. When when small guys are back to a corner, we we know it's either life or death. So mm-hmm. we're just gonna fucking take you out. That. You're probably gonna break your neck. This, this question backfired on me. Drastically. <laughs> he, <laughs> you really thought you were gonna he be you? He thought yeah, yeah. he was getting that pick so hard. Uh, That's the whole reason he wrote that question. Absolutely. Not so he could hear right. you say he'd win. Absolutely. What I should have said was like, ugly people are just tremendous <laughs> fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're so ugly. They're just so pissed. Gross, off all the disgusting, time. ugly people who sleep <laughs> and, and stretch are just <laughs> tenacious people. All right. Final question. So you have to match up which one of us. Uh, did it what? Did what? I'll okay. say both in the first person. Okay. I know this fire backfired us once, but I won't fuck this one up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I lost my virginity to my high school girlfriend <clears throat> on a basement floor. Oh my god, this is stupid. Go on. I lost my virginity. 
Oh my god, I gotta figure out where you guys lost your virginity. I this is such a fucking Jersey question. Go on. I lost my virginity to uh, a girl at military school. <sighs> okay. I gotta say once again, Pat's military school in your basement floor. Incorrect. Incorrect. Basement floor, baby. Really? Went to military Are you school. happy I gave you a little bit some, uh, the, the credit that you might be disciplined? I know. I'm yeah, really, okay. I really appreciate I that. I just, I, I just, I mean, <laughs> I was always hoping that I could save myself by like you know guessing that you went to military school and they'd be like, okay, well at least he'd served. I like how, I like how <laughs> ha- halfway through it just became a political first, game. All I gave a shit about was like making him questions. not hate me at the end of this fucking episode. Yeah, yeah. first three questions were just Pat's a real like, piece of shit. Pat looks like he sleeps till two. Looks like he shits his pants. <laughs> what, and what? then he looks like he takes care of himself. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Pat's an incel is what I've been trying to get yeah. at this whole time. I'm pretty sure he. I see him on the Reddit. I see him on the Reddit boards posting about like how MG Tao's a piece of bullshit. Let me tell you, women are the problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Cheetos are went downhill recently. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, talking about roasties and shit. Like that's that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> well, dude, this was a, uh, a really fun hour. Thanks for coming over, man. Hey, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys, you guys are the uh, you're the you, you congratu- uh, to you guys. You're the first uh, LA people to actually come through for, uh, with actually having me on their podcast when you said you wanted me on your podcast. Oh, really? really? Everyone, I, I get some people like, yo, well, you want to be on my podcast? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'll like, I never hear from them. And then I'll like, I'll approach them again. Like, yo, you want to do that podcast? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll never hear from them again. I'll just see them keep on posting episode after episode. I'm like, <laughs> okay, dude, like you just say off. you don't just want me on Say it. no. <laughs> what's, what's worse is like half those people have been on my podcast too. So just like, dude, wow. like. They must uh, really fucking hate you. Yeah. It's like, what are you worried I'm going to say? <laughs> Um, <laughs> that you're gross, <laughs> yeah, and that you sleep too often, <laughs> and, and you that you're probably an incel, and you're so <laughs> ugly that you're just gonna defend for your life in a fight. You're a garbage person, yeah. and nobody like, cares about you. You're like you. a skunk; you just spray and run. <laughs> I don't hate you. <laughs> just remember, I don't use soap. Yeah, yeah. You're the other hand. Um, sure. Anything you want to plug? Plug your podcast. My, plot, my podcast is uh, yeah. Let's just, let's. Just, I mean, who knows what goes up. <laughs> even gonna go up um no but uh yeah check out my podcast if you're listening it's uh just erickson uh where i interview people about my favorite subject myself (laughs) we're probably gonna post this uh friday uh this friday yeah awesome cool i'm looking forward to it thanks for having me guys i appreciate it absolutely and then uh social media uh it's just erickson everywhere j-u-s-t-e-r-i-c-s-o-n uh does anyone ever approach you guys about like having listened to this besides me yeah yeah okay cool yeah, we actually just got a um a person who wants to be on it today. So oh yeah, some text us. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. She's much better looking than you too. Mm-hmm. I'd hope so if she's a girl. Well, I mean, you know, there 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 are women out there who are not better looking. Right. Than so if you no, said yeah. like she's not as good looking as you, I'd be like, well, that sucks for her. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, give it to us. Because I'm a four out of ten. Only in L.A. Uh, no, in New York too. It just it's okay sometimes. Nah, in New York, no, you're, you're like not a four out of ten. Five. Uh. Pat Calicchio, Instagram, Pat you guys, underscore you guys, Twitter. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. You guys are be, yeah, in uh, case there's someone new listening. Plugging shit yeah. on your own show. Uh, gonna be at Flappers Thursday, August first, and then Vinny and I will both be at the Comedy Store on Monday, oh, August twelfth. Wait, what are you guys doing in the Comedy Store? We're in the uh, belly, room. belly room. Congratulations! Um, what show? D Cups of Comedy. Very fitting. So Tammy Tavares, yeah. shout out to Tammy. Thank you so much. She gives us spots uh, whenever she can. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Congratulations, awesome. And then, you know, Vinny underscore Falcon on Twitter. I am Vinny Falcon on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you August 12th at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. And uh, do us a favor, give us a five-star review, a like, a comment, just something. We really need some praise. If you like the podcast, thanks so much for listening. And if you didn't like the podcast, gargle my balls. Gargle those fucking balls. <laughs>